Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. This message is not necessarily part of any series, but it can tie into just about anything because the question is, how can I know God better? How can I know God better? And there's been some things in this that I've mentioned before and I've mentioned recently and even last week. But bear with me, there's going to be some review in here and then maybe there's going to be some stuff in here we say, wow, okay. Okay, I can see that. Some, maybe some new points for you. So how can I know God better? And before I forget, ladies, if you haven't signed up for the women's retreat, please do so. All right? Please do so. Please don't forget. It's amazing. I believe there are 31 signed up. Seven, that's what matters. Seven spots left on the bus and in the rooms over there. You're, all, you're taking a bus together. It's a charter bus. It's, I'm told it's amazing and fun. So ladies, it's the fun bus, Pastor Jen calls it. So ladies, sorry man, it's just for the ladies. So they've got a retreat, not this weekend, but next, the 6th and 7th of September. Ladies, I hope you're able to go and join them. So how can I know God better? Well, one of the things, of course, and I don't have it in my list tonight, is go to church. Y'all came to know God better tonight, right? You came to church so you can get to know God better. You can be around other believers. That's important. But how about this one? This is basic, and I've talked about this many times. Look at point one tonight. Talk to him. I, I feel like God has really, lately he's been placing a burden of, of prayer on us. And not a burden in the way of, oh man, it's a heavy weight we can't bear, or we're just dragging around with something on our backs. No, I mean an urgency to pray more. My dad was talking to a pastor friend of his recently. And it was shocking because my dad asked the guy, and wow, the guy had the courage and the integrity to be honest. My dad said, are you, pastor, are you even praying? And he said, no, I haven't been praying. So man, if a pastor, a good man of God, is not praying, I know many times just a believer who attends church or someone who's, they're a believer and they're a light in the world sometimes, but they don't pray. And I want to encourage you tonight, you've got to pray. And praying is just talking to God. And a large part of talking is this, though, listening. Listening. We're all getting better at that, I think. We all have our strengths and weaknesses in communication. Some folks are better at communicating than others. But I encourage you tonight to talk to God. Have time set aside every day to talk to Him and listen. But then pray as you go, too. Walking, driving, working, resting. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Look at this deep verse. Can y'all memorize that verse tonight? Can y'all memorize that one? You ready? Let's memorize it. Everybody say it at the same time. Never stop praying. On the count of three, let's say it together. One, two, three. Never stop praying. 1 Thessalonians 5.17. One more time. Never stop praying. Let's do it a couple more times. Never stop praying. One more time, never stop praying. Why is that important? Well, I think the Apostle Paul sets a really lofty goal for us because right now most of us in here, are not, we're just not praying while we're listening, right? But he's, he's setting the bar really, really high and saying, man, pray all the time. One translation says, pray without ceasing, pray without stopping, and it just means never stop praying. Why is that important? You're communicating with God. You're in touch with God. I believe the more you pray, the more you 
find yourself falling into God's will. But you've got to mix prayer with the word, and we'll get into that in a minute. But you've got to talk to God, and you've got to listen. Now, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now. I like to listen to interesting people. I like to listen to people. But it is wired into me since my mother's womb. I'm told that most of our personality is formed in our mother's womb and in the first like couple years of our lives. I don't remember the percentages, so I don't want to mislead you in any way. Some of you may remember. Does anybody remember the percentages of those? How much of our personality is formed in the womb or in the first couple years of our life, two, three years? Does anybody remember that? Anybody? So I don't want to mislead you, but I know most of it is formed at that time. But I know this, as a little baby, I was an early talker. I was quick with words. I'm told that young, young, I was able, my dad was able to point at, he would, he would say, he would say a, a word, and I would point at it even before I could talk. I liked words. My dad would say light, and I'd point at it. And he'd walk around the house and go door, and I'd point at it even before I could talk. Well, the problem is, once I started talking, I haven't stopped since. <laughs> I have not stopped since. I like to talk. God created you to talk. You say, man, I'm an introvert, though. I'm not, I'm not an extrovert. No, but introverts, they like to talk, too, but in a different setting, maybe in a smaller setting. Humans, I believe, as a whole, I'm going out on a limb here, maybe, I believe every type of human loves to talk in a safe setting where they, they can talk, they can be listened to, and they can listen. Humans were created to be gregarious. Well, that is just not to waste your time and just, I'm just a talker, I'm just going to talk. Well, you can talk to people, you can talk to yourself even, and you can pray when you're alone. But the big thing is that God created you, I believe, to have communion with Him and to be able to talk to Him. That's important. So always make sure that you're talking to God. Are you with me? Always talk to God. All the time. And not just asking. Tell him about your day. He knows, but talk to him. I've seen that when I talk to God, sometimes problems work themselves out, even if I'm not asking him to. I'm talking and God speaks to me and he reminds me of stuff. So take time to talk to God and to listen. All right? Look at number two tonight. This is the basics. You're like, man, I've heard these things. Hey, review is great. We're told that sociologists teach us that... Uh, Behavioral psychologists and people who study human behavior, they say that we got to hear something 16 times for it to catch. <laughs> Maybe for me it's 32 times, double, or three times that, 48, or 64. I don't know, but we need to hear stuff multiple times. Study the Word. Let's go to John chapter 1, verse 1. John chapter 1, verse 1. I love this. This is one of my favorite passages in the Bible, and it it's interesting because the book of John right here, it kind of mirrors the beginning of Genesis. The beginning of the book of beginnings, okay? But it gives us some more explanation. In the beginning, the word already existed. Say, man, I don't understand that. Well, God exists. This is a, a faith thing. God exists out of time. Even those who have studied the speed of light and everything, they, they've told us, physicists have told us that stuff Matter that is moving faster than the speed of light ages differently. So we know God is above all that because he created light, correctly? I mean, correctly, uh, you with me? Is that, is that correct? God, is, God created light. He said, let there be light. So I believe that is correctly spoken, okay? 
So in the beginning, the word already existed. Man, that's a powerful moment of faith for us. God already existed in the beginning. How on earth? That's amazing. He already existed. Well, the word was with God, and the word was God. You say, man, but was anything even written down back then? It could have been, it was millions and billions and zillions of years ago, or was it a few thousand years ago? And in the beginning, the beginning of what? The beginning of time? At some point, did God say, I'm going to start measuring time from this point? I don't know. But we know that in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. Now he's going somewhere here. Look at verse 2. He existed in the beginning with God, but he was also God, all right? Powerful. God created everything through him. He's talking about Jesus here, right? Because Jesus is the word made flesh. Scripture explains scripture. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. Wow. So long before Jesus, God was born in human form on earth, he existed because he was the word of God. God created everything through him. Let me read that again if you don't mind. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. Now the next verse. The word gave life to everything that was created. I find that fascinating because now scientists tell us that you get down to the molecular level. We know, we, everybody knows about cells. See, I'm, I'm made of skin and I'm made of all this and bones, but what, what is all that made of? Well, it's made of cells and what are the cells made of? Well, you get, you get to the more basic and, and more basic levels and, and you get more and more microscopic and the cells are made up of atoms. And say, man, what are the atoms made of? Well, and they said, well, the atoms are made of energy and what's the energy made of? Well, scientists, even secular scientists now have said, well, the, even, even the energy, it has a basis and the basis of energy is like code. It's words. That's what they can deduce. Isn't that interesting? So the word gave life to everything that was created. Another verse says, he upholds all things by the word of his power. He upholds all things. There's truth in that statement, even scientifically now, they're proving it, that even down far, far, far beyond the molecular level, there's energy and there's code and it's words. And it's God's very words of life, let there be light. And things that he spoke into existence. Remember the book of Genesis? So this is powerful. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to what? To everyone. Look at verse five. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it or put it out. Now let's go to verse 14 of that same chapter. So the word became human. Here you go. One translation says became flesh. The word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and what? Faithfulness. One translation says grace. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only son. Now that's powerful, isn't it? The reason why I gave you that is all the written word that we see, that, that's Jesus. The word of God is Jesus. And the written word that you see, well, he came in the flesh and he lived among us. He died and he rose again and he went to sit at the right-hand side of the Father in heaven. But if you want to get to know God and you want to get close to him, you want to study the word, the things he said. Now, President Trump, most people in here, whether you support him or not, you'd agree that he's a nut. Some of you are like, I don't, I don't you know, he, he's pro-life or he protects Christians or he defends the country, but you're like, man, he's rude, he's crazy. 
well, how do you know, the, how do you know these things about him? How are you able to form an opinion about him? The things he said, right? He doesn't just walk around quietly and never speak and have an angry look on his face. No, he got elected because he spoke. And some people loved it and some people hated it. Some people said, I'll vote for him, but he gets on my nerves. How does he get on your nerves? The things he says. You get to know someone through the words they say. I remember when I met my wife, the first night I met her, it was very clear to me. We began to get to know each other by the words we said. And over the years, we became friends and became close by the things we said. And we're still getting to know each other by the things we say and do around each other and the things we do together, the time we spend together. So you want to study the Word. And as you study the Word, study the life of Jesus because that's God in the flesh. Study the written Word in your Bibles. Make sure you have a Bible you understand too. Over the years, I've bumped into people and they say, man, you know what? I just don't understand the Word. I'm like, wait, if King James Version is too hard for you, that's written in Shakespearean English from 1611. I think it was updated in the 1800s. That's still some old English. Get you a New Living Translation. I'm not a fan of the Message Bible, but if the New Living isn't your thing, get you a Message Bible. Whatever you can read that you understand, I teach and preach out of the New Living Translation. It's, it's like reading a newspaper or a magazine article. It's very understandable. It's very clear. You need to be able to understand the Word. You can get to know God. Study the life of Jesus, okay? Always study His life. Someone ever comes to you with a question or they come to you and say, man, is God this way or God did that? You're like, no, I know he's not that way because of the life of Jesus and I know him in his word, okay? So don't forget that. Study the word. Study Jesus and study the written word. That's the word, okay? I like this point tonight. Number three, ask questions. Ask questions. It's not rude to ask questions of God or somebody who knows the word more than you, or somebody who's maybe even on your level in the word. Ask people questions. Ask questions about things. Hebrew tradition is interesting because Passover season, every year, they celebrate, they still celebrate when the death angel spared the children of Israel in Egypt. Many of you are familiar with the story. They call it Passover because of the blood of the lamb that they placed on the doors. Okay? Now, we know that Jesus is our Passover lamb. But the Jews, the practicing Jews, whether they believe in Jesus or not, they still do the Passover, and every year they designate, the. I believe it's the youngest member of the family, to ask four questions. Every year. And it's the same four questions. I don't remember them all. But I believe one of the questions is, why is this night different from all the other nights? Isn't that cool? It sets them up for a conversation, the questions. Now you can ask God whatever questions you want. I encourage you to never blame God, never ever blame God, because we don't see the whole picture. We don't ever want to do that. But I encourage you to ask God why sometimes. Or ask God, man, would you show me this in your word? I don't understand this. Can you show me? Would you show me? Ask questions. We ask to know and understand and discover. Why? On Sunday, some of you were here for the Lord's Supper. Why communion? Well, I explained it on Sunday, to remember the Lord's death until he comes. To remember that his body was broken and that his blood was poured out. Why? Yeah, you ask questions. Ask God and ask others who are strong in the faith. People that know God. Let's go to Matthew 7, 7. This reference has come up several times recently and I'm happy that it, that it is coming up because I just love it. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking 
Sometimes when you're seeking, you ask questions, right? You ever gone looking for somebody? You ask for them if you're seeking them. I remember back in the day, I was a collector. And I loved collecting because I'd make friends with people, but I was a collector for a loan for a few different or a couple of different loan companies. Three actually, in the mid nineties. And I remember I would go ask questions. And it was funny, sometimes I'd find people, every time they moved off and didn't want to pay, I'd find them again. I'd, how did I find find them? I'd ask questions. Hey, where did where did Jeff go? Oh, he he moved around the corner into those apartments. Okay, hi. Hey, Jeff, it's me again. Oh, Matt, oh my gosh, here you are. Yeah, here I am. I was asking questions. I was seeking and I was finding. Not always, but I was a pretty good collector because I like to find people. I said, it's time to pay. Oh, man, I'll pay you next week. No, you got to pay now. It's months past due. I, I'll, I promise I'll pay. Well, I was seeking and finding by asking questions. That's what you got to do. You got to ask questions. Number four, this is powerful. This is so simple. How can I know God better? Go to a small group. Go to connect group. I feel like connect groups have a special dynamic for every personality, every color, every type, every background, every history, every type of baggage. And I love small groups because it's what Jesus used. Jesus had 12 disciples, right? Right now we've kind of ventured out in a little... I'm doing something on the side and I'm teaching Spanish and English. And when I do classes for Spanish and English, I do them in four-week blocks. But I always tell folks, and they agree with me, I tell the bosses, look, I don't want classes bigger than 10. Why? Well, because if a class gets, you, Jesus had 12, and I'm sure that's probably the best cutoff because he was our example. But I, I'm not Jesus, so I want a class of 10 to te teach him something. Why? Well, because you get a class that's too big, and y'all know how it is. If you have a cell group of 30 people, people get quiet. Even on a Wednesday night, this is not a huge group. There's, there's maybe 20 people in here tonight. But if I ask you questions in here, there are folks that would, that would, they're like, I ain't talking, man. We're in the sanctuary. There's a big group. I'm not talking. But you go to your connect group, and it's five or six people. It's under 10, and you'll open up and talk. Not everybody. It may take a while, but people will talk in a smaller group. It's interesting how that works. Crowds freak out some people more than others. But I mean, every, just about everybody's freaked out. If they, hey, excuse me, sir, there's 10,000 people. I have a question for you. Would you answer this question? I want you to talk to me about your life. 10,000 people in a stadium. Nobody wants to answer hardly, right? You got to be pretty extroverted, pretty comfortable. But a small group, you can ask questions, you can talk, you can get to know each other. And I believe in a small group, because you're getting to know each other and you're talking about the word, and it's relaxed and comfortable, you get to know God. You get closer to God in a small group together. That's why God set up families, to really to be able to get to know God together. We'll talk more about that on Sunday. So go to a small group. Let's go to Ephesians 4.15. Ephesians 4.15, look at this. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Look at verse 16. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. You get in a group like this, and we say, man, we fit. Somebody has a talent and a gift that I don't have. Somebody knows something about the word that I don't know. Somebody's experienced something that I have not experienced. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That's good stuff. Are you still with me? All right. Let's go to Matthew 18, 20. I love this verse. I brought it up recently. 
For where two or three gather together as my followers, I'm there among them. And if he's there, then you can get to know him, right? If God's presence is there, then you can get to know him better. And number five tonight, I'm not going to go real long tonight. Number five, I believe you can get to know God by worshiping him. Because once again, just like that verse said in Matthew 18, 20, when you worship God, he comes on the scene. And when he's on the scene, you will draw, you'll draw his presence and you'll get to unlock more of him. Let's go to Psalm 22, 3. Psalm 22, 3. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. One translation says, you that inhabit, you live in the praises of your people. You live in the praises and among them. Sunday, I felt God's presence in here with worship and, and the word, man, not because I did anything special, but I guarantee it, there was an anointing brought with the guest worship group. There was the anointing in here. You could feel God's presence. It was powerful. And when God's presence is there, you go, man, I, I just met up with God. Y'all feel that way too? You're like, I met up with God. I cried. I heard God's voice. Or man, I don't even know if I heard his voice, but I know he was there and I felt close to him. I got to know him. We had time together. You build memories in your relationship when you spend time with someone. And you build trust when you spend time together. Make sure you're worshiping God, okay? Make sure you're worshiping him. It's going to bring him on the scene. You're going to get to know him better. And that's so important. That's the whole Man, y'all would not be here on a Wednesday night. Y'all have jobs. Y'all own businesses. Y'all got kids. Y'all would not be here on a Wednesday night unless you wanted to get to know God better. Let's go over our points again. Number one, talk to him. Please don't forget that. Talk to God all the time. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, never stop praying. Number two, study the word. Study the word. Get into the word. Get to know it. Listen to it. Repeat it. Talk about it. Read it memorize it we learned a verse tonight everybody say on the count of three one two three never stop praying one more time never stop praying first thessalonians 5 17 you learned a bible verse tonight it's like king's kids right number three ask questions god why did you set it up that way or you ask a question and you go, man, I'm going to research that in the Bible. What does God have to say? Where's a list of scriptures on family or hope or faith or sin or righteousness or holiness? Ask questions. Number four, become part of a connect group. Join one, start one, man. Be part of a connect group. That's powerful. Special dynamic in that. And number five, worship him. I guarantee it. you're going to bring God on the scene. Worshiping God fights depression. Worshiping God brings you closer to him and brings him closer to you. Scripture says if you will draw near unto him, he will draw near unto you. Hmm, that's powerful. So number five is worship him. Would you go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes tonight? Go right ahead. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone in this house, anyone in this house at all who says, you know what, Pastor Matt, I just want to get right with God tonight. Would you raise your hand? God bless you. Would you raise your hand? I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to pray for all of us, but especially those that raise their hand. Is there anybody? Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for your honesty and your transparency. Let's pray. I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I speak over these lives. In Jesus' name, the blood of Jesus over those that raise their hands, Father. Draw them close to you. Draw them close to you, God. I want everybody in the house to repeat this. Say, Heavenly Father, please forgive me. Be close to me, Lord. I need you. 
I'm sorry for my sin. Thank you for cleansing me, forgiving me, healing me, and drawing close to me. I praise you and I thank you. In Jesus' name. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, is there anybody in the, in the house who says, man, I just, I just want to be close to God? Would you raise your hand? You say, man, I want to be closer to Him. Would you raise your hand? I just want to be closer to Him. I'm going to pray this over to you tonight. Just agree with me as I pray. Father, you have humble hearts and hands that were lifted high, God. And folks that are here not by accident, they're here on a Wednesday night for a, a, an appointment with you, a God appointment. Now, Father, I speak in Jesus' name that you will reveal yourself to them through your presence, through your word, through the life of Jesus, through people who are seeking God around them, that they'll take things from people's lives who are examples, God, from people around them, from church, from connect group. But God, draw them close to you. They want to be close to you. Now reveal more and more of yourself to them. God, I confess and I believe tonight, in Jesus' name, you're even giving them dreams. You are giving them dreams, God. Visions, dreams. And God, you're speaking to them through the simplicity of Bible reading and praying. Bible reading. Oh, that word is for me. Wow, I'm going to put that into practice. That's God speaking to you. Lord God, speak to us. Reveal more of yourself to us. Teach us. Show us. Change us, God. Enlighten us, Father. Be with us. We want to feel your presence, your light, your love, your power, your wisdom, God. Thank you, Lord God. We give you glory tonight. Thank you, Jesus. We believe you. And we want to be close to you. God, it is a cry of our heart. And I encourage you to tell God that every day. God, be close to me. God, I want to be close to you. God, draw close to me. God, show me. Just reach out to him and talk to him every day. Reach out to him and talk to him every day. And ask him questions. Say, God, would you be close to me? God, please come and be near me. Show me. Comfort me. Be around me, God. I just want to, I just want to draw from your presence. God, I want to know you better. Tell him that every day. I encourage you. I just want to know you better, God. Thank you, Father. And that same spirit of reverence, I want to encourage you as well. Remember last week we talked about your prayer list. God's really laid that on our hearts here as a ministry. If you weren't here last week, here's what I want to encourage you to do. Make a prayer list, even in the notes on your phone. Write it in your notebook of people that you're praying for. You don't know who to pray for? Pray for me and Pastor Jen. Pray for somebody you saw here tonight. Pray for your family. Pray for those who haven't accepted Jesus. But pray for people, a list of people. And some of the people on the list, you got to pray, God, whatever it takes, bring them to you because I don't want them to die and go to hell without you. But others, you say, God, they're already seeking you, Lord, but be with them. Pray for people. Let your goal be 100. I know that sounds daunting, but man, I was able to get to over 100 this week so quickly. It was amazing. Because you think of people by families, you go, okay, I'm going to pray for everybody in that family. I'm going to pray for everybody at my job. I'm going to pray for everybody at that store that I go to by name. I don't know them. I'm going to write a description as I pray for them. I'll ask them their name later. I'm praying for them. You pray for folks. And as you pray for people, it's not just for them. It changes you. I believe that as you pray for people, you get to know the heart of God. I believe that as you pray for people, there's so much more there than just, I have to write a list and pray for people. No, that's between you and God, but I encourage you to do it for your benefit as well as theirs. When you're praying for people, God is dealing with you, changing you, working on your heart. You're drawing him close. 
Don't you believe that God is close to those that pray for others? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Never stop praying. One verse says, I offer up prayers for people everywhere. Yeah, everybody you can think of, put them on your list, your prayer list. Pray for them. It's going to bless their lives and change their lives and bring them to God no matter what, those impossible people, but also the people that are already seeking God and just need some help or they need some prayer or they need some help fulfilling their role or whatever it is, but it's going to work on you and it's going to change you too. Thank you for that, God. Thank you for that revelation that you've spoken to us, God, through the senior pastor. And Lord, I thank you. We, we all come in line with that vision, God. We're going to pray for people like never before. So far beyond just praying for ourselves, we're going to pray for people, God. And we thank you, God. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen.